Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Veterans Care Association and Timor Awakening podcast. The Timor Awakening program is an 11-day immersive, holistic and peer-to-peer veterans program based in East Timor that has a singular vision, which is to promote the health and well-being of veterans and veterans' families. Due to the current restrictions from COVID-19, we are running slightly abridged programs on the Gold Coast uh, with the same vision and same aim. We're using these opportunities to sit down with our participants one-on-one and conduct podcast interviews to capture their story and their lessons learned and things that we can all learn from uh, as we as veterans and wounded healers move through our own journey and help others do the same. We're going to be covering a whole range of topics including defence transition, mental health, relationships, veteran suicide, PTSD and post-traumatic growth. Whether you're out and about or listening to this at home or driving in your car, we do trust that you'll learn a lot by listening to our participants. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome back, guys. Michael Albrecht here again from uh, Timor Awakening, one of the group facilitators here. And uh, we are at the conclusion of TA15, uh, continuing our interviews with our participants. And uh, next I have sitting down with me is Chris Salter. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you uh, stepping up to come up and uh, have a chat to us. I know it's been a busy and um, uh, challenging program for everybody. I know that by the t- by this time we're sort of all a little bit... A bit tired, so I really appreciate you stepping up and, and coming to this, mate. And um, right. what we'll do, sort of first and foremost, just so the people listening have got a bit of understanding of who you are and, and where you've been, is just if you give us a bit of an overview of, um, yeah, you, your military career and what's military those career. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I joined the G-Res. <coughs> excuse me, I joined the G-Res in 1990 yep. with the uh, attitude of looking to transfer to ARA. So I joined the G-Res to get a feel for things. Uh, so I did four years G-Res in Adelaide. Transferred to the uh, ARA in '94. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a small stint at the School of Armour, uh, and then was posted to Three Four Cav in Townsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent eleven years in Townsville. Got posted to Adelaide on a Copas. Got changed to a normal posting. Um, got promoted while I was there, uh, so I was basically in charge of ops and training. Um, and then I was medically discharged in two thousand and eight. Okay, and is that um, sort of oh, physical? Three, yeah, I did uh, three trips to Timor. Yep. So uh, PTSD, depression, anxiety, okay. um, depressed. Um, yep. Discharge rather, med discharge. And uh, once you sort of med discharge, that's that's more or less it, isn't it? You can't really do reserves. You can't. No. Do no, I was I was deemed not able to work again for my life. Yeah. So hence yep. I was given a pension through DVA. Yep. Uh, and Comsuper. Um. Yeah, so I never work again. Okay. Although having said that, I, I do eight hours a week, which is you know, yeah, as you know, the maximum we're allowed to do on the pension. Yeah. What do you What do you do with What do you keep yourself busy with for those I'm, eight hours? I'm uh, working a chemist. Yeah, right. I'm uh, I'm their chief pill popper. <laughs> <laughs> so what what I do is I pop the pills out of the package okay. into a container, yeah. and then that container goes on to the machine that makes the Webster pack. No way. So, yeah. How about that? Yeah, it's good fun. It's, it's a no-brainer type job. You just yeah. sit there and pop. You don't have uh-huh. to think. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's uh, I find it a little bit therapeutic. Plus it gives me a little bit of extra pocket money. Yeah. Gives me a bit of structure during the week. Yep. Gives me a reason to get out of bed. Is that a, a specific day of the week or is it just like... No, comes Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. Okay. Yep. Uh, I try and get in there about 8 o'clock. So yeah. finish at midday. Yep. And uh, a little bit of pocket money and... There you go. A little bit of structure. A little bit of activity. And you guys up from up in Townsville, aren't you? Yes, yes. Yeah, nice one. Oh, cool. Well, mate, uh, the, you know, there's 
in the, in the space of a 10, 20-minute podcast, there's any manner of avenues we can go and what we can explore here. But the, the key thing we want people to take away with this is like if there are other people out here, out there, yep. who are going down a similar journey or are in a similar um, situation or yep. doing it tough, who don't have the opportunity to come and do these programs immersively yep. or perhaps have done them quite some time ago and you know, they may, maybe slip back into some old habits, is that they can walk away from these podcasts and go that's exactly where i'm at and um i've learned something by listening to this person's yeah, story sure. about how they got there so tell us a little bit about back in 2008 your, your med discharge yep. um you know within the realms of what you're happy to speak about without yeah. dredging up too much uh what that experience was like for you to be honest with you i've had um i've had a lot of ect electroconvulsive therapy yep which has really ruined my memory um, okay uh, a lot of lot of stuff I can't remember. Mm. So sort of 2006, 2007 onwards, it's very, very hard to remember. I don't remember getting married. I don't remember my birth of my kids. I don't remember discharge. Uh, a lot of things, I just, I, they're not there anymore. And I've been told it'll come back eventually. It's been sort of four or five years now since my last ECT and my memory, if anything, has gotten worse. But from what I can remember f- my transition was actually quite smooth okay. down in Adelaide. They were really good. So basically I finished up in the army on a Friday and in my ID, my last set of uniform, um, and then Monday my pension kicked in. So I'm one of the lucky ones through DVR. I know there's a lot of, lot of terrible stories out there. With Yeah. So yep. yep. Um, so I, I sort of went through the... the uh, transition. I was alcohol dependent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I struggled a little bit. Obviously, you're coming in a very structured environment. You know what you're doing almost from minute to minute during the day. Yep, total certainty. Yeah, yeah. So to a point where I, I just I didn't know what I was doing. So how did you, it sounds like you were taken care of reasonably well by the people who were in the military at the time? You know, sort very of very lucky. Decent send off. Yeah. Um, once that structure was gone and you're, you're out in the world and you're trying to find a, uh, a new place, um, ack, that you had your, your, your pension and perhaps there wasn't an immediate need to go find work or maybe there was, yeah. how did you find your feet? Trial and error, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in and out of hospital since then. So it's sort of uh, trying to work out a, a sort of stable lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, without my addictions battling with those on and off uh, and basically trying to invite and develop an environment where I had a healthy home, home uh, you know, a nice balance with my kids, mm-hmm. uh, a very supportive wife. So it, the transaction, the transition rather was, was not too bad. You know, I've heard other people horror stories out mm. there that their transition is pretty poor. So I'm one of the lucky ones. And in terms of uh, – well, that's good to hear, mate, because, yeah, as you said, not everybody is in the same no. situation. Um, um, in terms of finding some some purpose, that's a big thing that comes up for veterans. Yep. Uh, now, it's a big, big topic. What's someone's purpose? Oh, I don't know. It's a, it's a big thing. Um, what have you found most effective for doing that? Because if you got out of the structured environment and perhaps you know, immediate financial things were taken care of from yeah. the, the pension or – at least to some extent. Um, how did you keep yourself busy? How did you find? How you reinvent yourself or find a new direction? Not for a long time. Yeah. I basically kept to myself. I okay. withdrew from society. 
Mm. Uh, I, I withdrew from my family. Once again, I was in and out of hospital. So I basically, it, it sort of worked out on average that every six months I spent about six weeks, seven weeks in hospital. So, so what I did in the end is basically I read, um, I listened to music. Uh, I've bought a push bike, so I'm trying to get more involved in that. And my end goal is to do a triathlon. Wow, how cool is that? But uh, reading and, and music is a real big sort of help. Yeah. The last few interviews I've done, is everyone has their own little thing. You know, yeah. some people it's surfing, some people it's yeah. hiking, some people it's, um, you know, formalised meditation, yoga, whatever may not be their thing, but, um, you know, whatever that is for you, you, you just got to find your little escape. I think yeah. the surfing the other day was really good. Yep. Uh, I haven't surfed for 35 years. A lot of things come back flooding, yeah. you know, childhood memories. Um, and I think the uh, the yoga was also very good. I struggle with mindfulness. My mind's com- always turning over yep. and racing and racing and racing. So I find it very hard to meditate, mindfulness and things like that. So, But the yoga was really good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Gave me a few tools to learn about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Awesome. And, and sort of going back to those, those years, it was a bit cyclical. It sounds like you went in and out of hospital and yep. you kind of have in and out every few weeks you said what broke that pattern if the pro- pattern was broken like what got you out of that to the point where you're coming on programs like this and you're, you're a bit better you've got some structure you found the job yep. with a chemist what yeah, got you there? Uh, just encouragement from my wife yeah uh, Lavino, she's been very much a rock <laughs> for the last 15 years we met when i was in the latter part of my career so she hasn't had much exposure to army okay uh just a little bit and she's studying psychology now. She is. Yeah. She, I'm her. I'm her PhD. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no better way to understand one's spouse than to understand the inner workings of the human mind, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's found a niche in life. She's uh, very much uh, have a passion for veterans. Mm. And she wants to work with veterans once she's qualified. Well, she's already here helping out with this program. So yeah, she's yeah, well. Fantastic. We've really appreciated her support. So um, maybe. Casting back to um, your time in the military, yep. These sorts of things they don't they don't develop overnight. No. You know, you said alcohol dependency and a few issues and PTSD, anxiety, and these things that ended up sort of being the reason that you uh, departed out of the military. What, looking back with the benefit of hindsight, which none of us ever have at the time, what could be some of the clues or some of the indicators that you're going down the wrong path when they start happening? Uh, for me, it was the level of alcohol intake. Uh, because it was a reserve unit, we were knocking off fairly early in the afternoon. Uh, come home, I'd buy a carton of beer on the way home, and I'd go through that carton for the night. Well, yeah. So, you know, I'm home by 2, 2.30. By the time Lavina gets home, I'm gone. So, it's sort of... Uh, mm. That's the habits... Yep. Yeah, it's sort of so the the, the 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 thing that sort of pinged in people's minds was my alcohol intake. Mm-hmm. So my first couple of ad- admissions into hospital wasn't so much PTSD, it was alcohol dependency. Yep. Uh, so my PTSD wasn't sort of targeted until probably maybe my third or my fourth into, uh, admission into hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm, so. And what kind of like psych support or things that were accessible within the army where you oh very talk. little okay. very little i think i think they're, they're slowly getting better yeah but it, it's still that stigma involved as soon as you mention mental health 
that's it. You're taken out of your unit, taken away from your your, your society or your area, and you and you're forgotten about. Mm. Very much a stigma. Uh, it's like a, a taboo subject. But I was very lucky in the sense that I was in a reserve unit, so it was only a small environment. There was there was about half a dozen of us. Okay. So it's not as if I was in the squadron. But um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's probably an obvious obvious question, but it was the alcoholism really to try and drown Self, the PTSD and drown yeah. the yeah self medication. Yep. Self medication. Yeah. We all do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know that in the long run, it's a depressant. Yep. I was looking for the short-term fix to get me through day to day. Yeah. And what's the sort of alcohol intake like these days? Uh, virtually nil. Wow. I'll have a binge maybe once a year. Get yeah. it out, get it out of my system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I'm basically a non-drinker. That's huge, mate. That's yeah. a massive transition. If you're doing, if you're polishing off, polishing off a. A carton a day type thing, well, mm. at least back then, and you had to wane off it slowly. How, yeah. did, how did you do that? How did you go from that amount of alcohol to none, <sighs> virtually none? Lots of hospital. Mm. Lots of hospital. A lot of uh, medication, counselling. Mm. So it's, It was a fairly big step because you, I was an alcoholic, so I was addicted to alcohol. I needed it to, get, to help slow me down, to put me to sleep at night. Yep. So, uh, you know. I'm, I, I'll be honest with you. I miss having a beer. I'd love to have a beer. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, I can't stop at one. Yep. Once it I, starts. Yeah. I have to finish off that carton. I can't just have one beer and say goodnight. So that's an addiction. Mm. And I've heard of people doing all sorts of stuff. You know, like if you drink by yourself, that that's classified as being alcoholic. So you always grab a mate, and then yeah. and then that sort of covers for it. Yeah. Out of all that stuff that you did, is there anything in particular? You said counselling, lots of hospital visits, um, you know, a loving wife. Yep. What have you found? Was there a turning point? Was there one particular intervention that really, yeah, really packed a punch? No. It's over several sort of episodes, I guess. I've had a few ODs in my life. Uh, and I guess in the, in the end, Lavina said to me, you know, you make the choice. It's my, my family my alcohol so it was a no-brainer you know i struggled in the start to try and give out yeah um, i avoided environments where there was alcohol i still get cravings every now and again yeah like i said if i could have one beer and then call it a night i would but i can't that's best to stay entirely yeah got it got it and mate uh, well i really appreciate you sharing this stuff like i know this is not um, it takes guts to admit it. it takes guts to to talk about it, especially the, the detail of it. Um, one thing I always want to explore with people, and you, know, you might say, "Well, the obvious thing is just drink less." But but looking about the entire longitude of all your you know, your, your military career, the transition, everything after, like if there was one thing you could tell your pre-transitioned self, the guy who was just about to get out, whether it was by choice or because the system was telling you how to get out, what what would you say to yourself? I think because I was med discharged, I had a sense of failure. Mm. I failed the army, I failed my family, I failed my mates. Uh, and I had a loss, I guess I lost a loss of identity. So, uh, look, I, I really don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess the thing is, is go and get help. Don't be ashamed to get help. 
Yeah, I go to open arms once a week now. Yep. I see my psych every two or three weeks. So it's sort of I went through that whole process of being ashamed and uh, embarrassed. Yeah, embarrassment was a big one that I failed my job because there was a stage there where, like I said, they took me out of my unit. They put me on sick leave, and I was on sick leave for about seven, eight weeks before I discharged. Things like this program, the TA, is very good. I went TA10 for yep. the 20th anniversary. Yep. So that exposure therapy did me a world of good. Lavina asked me if I wanted to go, and I said, nah, I'm not interested in going there again. Mm. But I'm glad she made me. So it was good. It was good to see the country, how it's developed, see the kids smiling again. Yeah. They, they were always smiling anyway, even back then. But so I waffle a little bit, sorry. That's all right. And yeah, yeah, this kind of leads me to our next thing when I cover here. Like what, what has been your team or awakening for this program? Because you've been on a couple now. What, yeah, this is my second one. Mm. So I, I said to my mentor this morning, I, I, one thing I have realised, and I've had a roller coaster trip over the last maybe three days. Right. My mental health is not as stable as I thought it was. Right. So that's something I need to work on, work on with my therapist, uh, work on with Lavina, and try and go home, hit the reset button, and try and really strengthen my mental health. Things like exercise. I want to do a triathlon. Yeah, that's cool. Man. That's a great goal. So, uh, you know, I'm working on that. I'm, I'm restricted a little bit as to what I can do because I have a bad back. But, um, yeah. The, the veteran issued, standard issue, bad back. Bad back, <laughs> knees, and, yeah, yeah. What, what is it about the program specifically that brought that to your attention, though? You said your mental health is not as, as good as you thought it was. What was I, the aha moment? Uh, I think it was the suicide awareness. Oh, and I, tell, I, I, go, I go back a step. Mm. It was the video that Janana Guzmao made it. Okay. And uh, Mick Stone showed us. That was a trigger point for me. He had footage on there that I'd seen before. Um, and that's where I'm, my roller coaster ride for the last three days it sort of began. But um, And do you think having seen that, that there was that was something you had to see and it has been more helpful or was that more? No, I think it's been more helpful, even okay. though I've had negative effects yeah. from it. But I think you get a, you, you, it's like everything. If you make a mistake, you learn from it. Mm. So I guess with exposure therapy, if you're exposed to it, it may be vulnerable, but it's going to make you stronger in the long run. Mm -hmm. Tackle your demons. Um, so I, I, if anybody was to ask me what TA was like, I'd say give it a go. Yeah. Give it a go. Never know what you'll find out. No, we're in a good environment here. We've got some really good people leading in charge of this, the program. Yep. I think they've found a good balance in the program now. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, we can't go to Timor, but you know, I think even here on the Gold Coast, it's it's really good. It's, it's really good therapy. Beautiful with, spot. Yeah, yeah. You're with your peers. Yeah. So it's all good. And it's a bit more time to process things. Yes, isn't there? Because yeah. we're, you know, over there it was it's a little bit more go go go. Well, especially in 2019, we were backwards and forwards from Dili to Balabo, Maliana back to Balabo, and and you know we were really doing a lot of case because we had a lot of in engagement. Oh, uh, you know, like there was a cocktail party on one of the Navy ships. There's a, there was a dinner presentation with the veterans mm -hmm. and Timor. And mm -hmm. So we did a lot of travelling. So uh, the good thing about this maybe, I think, is 
I think it's a good thing is that we're kept busy. Mm-hmm. Very little time during the day, spare spare time. Yep. So you don't tend to ponder on things. So you move from one lesson to the next lesson or the next presentation, mm. the next presentation mm. without too much time to think about things. And I think uh, from talking to Lavina when she came on previous TAs that they've, they've found a good balance now. It was far far too busy, yeah. especially the very early ones. I think yeah. it's good to bounce from one thing to the next, but then when you have time to reflect of an evening, yeah, uh, process it, yeah. that's the time to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, mate. Well, look, you shared some great stuff there. I really appreciate it, as I've nice. said before. And uh, is there anything else you want to sort of throw in there at the end there? Anything I might have missed? No, nah, it's all good. Awesome. Well, Chris, mate, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, mate. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We trust it's been valuable. If you've got any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us at support at veteranscare.com.au. And we do encourage you to share this podcast with anyone you feel really needs to hear it and keep a lookout for our next episode. Thank you.